Welcome to Warren Radio, with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy and Gospel News for the Persecuted Church. I am Tower, and we are glad you joined us. Warren Radio Advocacy Broadcast for the Persecuted Church is a fast-moving gospel news program. All correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Wednesday, the 11th day of March, 2020, and our scripture reading this week is Exodus chapter 30, verses 11 through chapter 34, verse 35, 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 39, and the New Testament portion is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 13. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter at hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. Also on Instagram, hashtag Warren Radio. Find us by hashtag Watchman. And join us on USA.life and MeWe. Look for hashtag Warren Radio. Warren Radio Network is available through the following carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Podchaser, and Deezer. You can also listen to the shows by going to warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. I want to admonish you to be sure to take time to read the important important articles by the Watchmen. They're inspired, and they're very pertinent for the day and age we're living in. The articles we're featuring this week are The Fourth Estate, Fake News and Deception. The Fourth Estate, have you heard of it? It is the fourth estate that has taken center stage today in America. Also, American Truth and Consequences. The truth and the consequences of any nation falling into sin, pride, and rejecting truth follows an inevitable path of paranoia, fear, and delusion. And also, American Discontent. Faith and Fragility. American discontent, fragility or frailty is instability or weakness. Faith is trust, confidence, and belief. While fragility can confront your faith, Christians are to overcome this through Jesus Christ. And you can go to warren-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com to read the latest articles by the Watchmen and pass them along to your friends. And now I welcome in the Watchmen.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, good. It's good to be here for this Wednesday. The weather's nicer. Yeah, we had quite a bit of uh, wind today. It's blowing something in. But uh, I was talking with one of our uh, listeners slash friends slash uh, someone who helps us in some regard on social media. Um, I shouldn't say somewhat. He's been doing quite a bit to help us by retweeting stuff. And and that really helps to get this message out. And he was telling me they had quite a bit of snow up there. Ugh, poor guy. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he's he's kind of used to it, you know. I mean, <laughs> maybe he maybe he likes it. I don't. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's warm here. I don't mind snow as long as I don't have to live in it all the time. But you know, Canada gets a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I and, don't. I don't uh, mind the Alaska wind, gets the, the a lot. Snow. Canada, Alaska. Um, you know, they they just get Siberia. a ton of snow. North North Dakota gets a lot of snow, as we well know. We went to school up there and <clears throat> had a business up there. It was so. brutal. It was brutal. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice name for it. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The snowplow. One time we got a big, uh, uh, big snowstorm. It, it was terrible. Ton of snow, and uh, the snowplow broke. So we have a it lot a of guys small, up there. Yeah, go ahead. It was a small community. It was a small community, and we only had the town only had one snowplow, and it was so. Uh, so some of the we have a lot of other guys who spend their winters uh, shoveling off. You know, they have big four wheel drive trucks and uh, blades. So they were doing the streets and helping them out. But at any rate, so much for that. Well, uh, North Dakota. I want to, I want to, oh, go ahead. I want to say something, though. Well, you go ahead. Well, I just want to thank this person without mentioning names. We truly appreciate you and all you do for the websites and helping us. We truly do appreciate you. And we pray for you and we love you and thank you. And uh, anybody can, can you know, if they have some time, retweet some of our stuff and help get this message around. And it really helps. So uh, know that uh, there's a lot of people that we don't know who may uh, be retweeting and working on social media to help us. Uh, yeah, and we thank, thank you. Yeah. But uh, the bottom line of it is uh, 
you know, especially with uh, Twitter and Facebook and a lot of these others, it's hard to get a message out because uh, they uh, they have uh, it's kind of trouble unless you're going to pay for it. And then even if you pay for it, you can't do it. They banned uh, all political ads. So, uh, oh, I thought they only banned Trumps. Well, you know they. They made a big deal out of it that they had banned Trump. I don't, I don't know, but uh, um, I don't know who all is going to be allowed to do the political ads. I know that from our standpoint, uh, you know, uh, being a ministry and stuff, um, they ask you real closely what you're going to be doing. And you have to be verified and all this other. We, we were a verified account. I, I got rid of everything. But our our main thing uh, that we're doing now in regards to Facebook, we're still on Facebook because it connects to Instagram so close. And but we're doing quite a bit on that. But uh, we are uh, uh, using USA.life, which uh, is one of the you know, fastest growing uh, new, I mean, uh, up and coming, I should say. It's not by far not the most populated one, but USA.life is definitely uh, a great, uh, a great start in the beginning that there's a lot of good stuff that can happen out of it. At any rate, uh, we want to go, the, you know, We've talked a lot about India. President Trump took a trip to India, met with Modi. India and America have real good relations. Yet, coming out of it, um, uh, you know, the president, uh, I, you know, I didn't see specifically where he had mentioned to Modi about it, but he made a reference to uh, Modi and the equal rights and making sure that in the democracy, people were going to be uh, free. However, uh, this is, a, um, I forgot what it was they were celebrating in India, but it's uh, an event with colors, and they throw up colors in the air and have all kinds of glowing cl- colors, you know, like uh, dry uh, dry powder. And uh, I forgot the name of it, but at any rate, uh, uh, India is a nationalist uh, uh, type of state uh, with Modi at the head, the BJP. And so as we begin this, uh, we want to remind everybody, uh, for instance, uh, in, uh, International Christian Concern made a note of it as well to send stuff, uh, uh, you know, an appeal to Modi to um stand up for the persecuted Christians and uh, other people that are there. Uh, Christians have really had a bad time of it. And then having said that, um, up, up front, uh, and a lot of the names it's hard to say, but uh, there was this uh, evangelist, and uh, he was off evangelizing you know, go figure. Well, while he was off, a radical group who wanted to attack him and beat him up to stop him stopped off at his home and he found uh, uh, the evangelist's uh, mother, wife, and 11-month-old son. 
And they were animus. And, of course, you've got animus and you've got Hindus. But, see, Hindus uh, have a ton of gods. I mean, uh, a lot. Like, uh, you know, off off the cuff, I'm thinking three million. I mean, every rock, tree, shrub, bug, you name it, you know. Uh, and, of course, the animals are sacred. So, uh well, the animus attacked his home, and uh, he was several miles away at church. And uh, while they were there, they decided to destroy his year's supply of food that they had stored. They destroyed all of his documents that identified who he was. And he had made a, a well to store water and uh uh, they had destroyed that. That's horrible. And Yeah, it is. And uh, so the wife and mother are still hospitalized. Uh, hospitalized. And, uh, you know, the big problem that we have is many times there is no justice in India. And he registered a complaint at the police station and three of the assailants were summoned uh, and they were summoned twice, but they were never arrested. And the attackers provided bail and, you know, and they walked free. And this is typical of India. And so, while America and Modi get along, and Trump and Modi, it is important to understand that if a national like um, Modi and his people, the BJP party, if they don't work hard at giving rights to Christians and other minorities, uh, nobody can make them do that. And so because he is a nationalist, the Hindus are trying to get rid of every Christian in India under his reign. So it, it's really a mess. North Korea is the same way. And Trump took a lot of hit for that because he had decided to talk to um, Kim Jong-un. Well, see, we can't make uh, Kim Jong-un do anything. Now, Trump even crossed the uh, demilitarized zone there and walked into North Korea and he had a talk with him. That's more than any other leader has done. And so the bottom line of it is, is that while Trump tries to make a deal with these, you know, the bottom line of it is, is you can't make them be nice. You can't make them conform. And it's the same way with this coronavirus. You know, you can't control the coronavirus but you can control your reaction to it. You're reactionary. You're defensive. And then sometimes you can get a little more than that. We know some of the things we have to do, but we can't do anything about China. We can't do anything. We can make an agreement with them uh, to some extent, like Trump did regarding trade. But in the world today, you know, we have a plethora of nations that persecute Christians, you know, Tower, and they seem to be blind. I, oh, I know. It's just incredible, the blindness and, and the delusion. See, another big one is uh, 
Buhari in uh, Nigeria who admitted within the last uh, month that uh, the Christians were being targeted by Boko Haram. And uh, in Kenya, Al-Shabaab is targeting Christians. Nobody's doing anything about it. And in uh, Burkina Faso, it's the same thing. Yeah. And and so until somebody stands up and does something, Erdogan is a, is a member of the uh, NATO, and uh, NATO members are not supposed to be aggressive, and they're not supposed to uh, cause trouble like that. They're, it's a defensive thing to protect uh, against Russia's intrusion. But, uh, you know, since Erdogan hated the Kurds, he invaded Syria and caused a bunch of people to flee. And so now uh, there there are hundreds of thousands of people that uh, were going everywhere. And Erdogan opened up all of his uh, places that he was keeping them and sent them north to go into Europe. And Greece is trying to stop them. I mean, we have got a mess everywhere. And oh, so, uh, I know. Everywhere. Yeah. And the lawlessness has never been uh, as bad as we see it here. But in order to get yeah. uh, the son of lawlessness in, you've got to be lawless. The society has got to be lawless. Now, we're not as lawless as we can be. But uh, in every place that America sent troops into, and we had Americans die, um, you can look in Libya, you can look in uh, Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan, and they're all unstable. There's radicals, there's Christians that get killed, and other minorities, it's a mess. And Africa is a mess. And so... You know, at one time, Nigeria, for instance, and both Kenya and Nigeria, and more so with Nigeria, was known as one of those places that could really flourish as a democracy, as a place where where uh, there would be none of that uh, uh, radical Islam. But that thinking was totally destroyed. So at any rate, up front, I want to remind you about India and about praying for that and the brethren there. And also, if you see anything, to go ahead and sign it if you're into that. Um, a lot of times, I don't really, I haven't seen where it does a lot of good. Um, but there are things that you can send letters to if you're into that, too. But uh, we don't know if they'll ever get there. The problem with sending a letter is is that the enemies will have your address if you put that on there. So that that's not good. Now, there is some good news. Uh, the Assyrian International News Agency, this is in Iraq. Um, there's a town called Batnaya in northern Iraq, and it's not too far from Mosul. Mosul was the scene of some real big fighting. And, of course, throughout these whole regions, Christians were slaughtered and churches were destroyed. And it was used uh, basically as a place for the terrorist group uh, as its front line while it shelled Kurdish troops. And uh, 
it was one of the worst hit areas, and according to uh, uh, the Assyrian news agencies. And they're trying to get it built. And the first family arrived there to help rebuild it in June 22nd, 2019. That's going to be almost a year ago, Tower. Yeah. And uh, the person by the name of uh, Ferris, F-A-R-I-S, said it was my house after all. And uh, he kept persuading his wife and their three children to go with him. And he said there's no elect- there was no electricity or running water, no neighbors. And uh, going out to do shopping was risky. They had to travel five kilometers and go through army checkpoints in order to get to the next town. Wow. And uh, stubborn or determined. Now, Father Aram... Uh, he was the one that took care of the parish there in Batnyaya, and he helped the family a lot. And, uh, of course, it's good to have some help anyway. And they say, I don't know what we would have done without him. We went through many difficult moments. But, see, this is this is the thing that you have. Uh, and, of course, when uh, ISIS went up, Uh, toward the Turkish border where uh, the Kurds were at. And uh, they were trying to take Kobani. It was quite a fight, and we covered the whole thing from start to finish until ISIS was driven out. But they were taking pictures after ISIS had left. And, you know, it was like someone you know, just literally blew some of the places apart. Little itty-bitty bits and chunks of houses and the city just totally, I mean, there was nothing. They they were walking around in rubble. But they got rid of the enemy. And, and, you know, living in America the way we do, I, I sometimes think, you know, are Americans that far removed from reality? Because it's not just Kobani. You know, we see throughout the Middle East, especially this kind of destruction. And we yeah. see in Africa people who go to church in wooden, wooden huts or under a tree or a mud, a mud church with a wood roof, you know, made of trees and bushes, sitting on hardwood benches. Sometimes you can get someone to make a brick house. Uh, we actually sent... 50 bucks to a person to, uh, it was a long time ago, to build uh, a cinder block house. You see, we would never have Yeah, that's have all they cinder. needed was 50 bucks. Yeah. Can you imagine? And, and so, you know, Tower, it's hard to believe, you know, how we're caught up in all this pathetic, petty talk on Twitter and social media and the fake news. Oh, I know. That yeah. we hate hate each other so much that even during the coronavirus hit in America, all we can do is blame Trump. We play games, and you know, and there's so and much I, more going on. It's a, a crisis going on, and all people can see is what's in front of their face. They can't look and help out the neighbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I was talking to someone today about this very same thing. And I said, the message for America and over social media is to repent. And to the news organizations, they need to repent. This country, you know, needs to come together and stop being so petty, so proud, so phony. And, you know, but the thing of it is, is I'm reminded of a story, and I didn't tell you this. There was this uh, abortion meeting, and I was thinking this was on uh, CBN, so you might look. But as these uh, pro pro life uh, protesters, uh, you know, a lot of women were gathered. Um, There were other women gathered on the other one, and they were yelling, Hail Satan. Oh, brother. yeah, and, and there was other disgusting things going on. Uh, there was a couple of guys, they were doing stuff. I'm not going to tell you what it was. It's sickening that they would do that. Uh, and, of course, they're all, they're all Satanists. They're all people that uh, love darkness. And they were saying, Hail Satan, he's the Lord. Well, see, why this is important is they wanted abortion. I've been speaking this for a long time, that one of the sacrifices when you talk about abortion is to bail, and bail directly relates to Satan. He likes child sacrifice, especially babies in the mother's womb, and every drop of blood is being sacrificed in murder to him. God calls for life, and you want death, and this is why in this country— while we don't want a lot of people to die in a coronavirus, the message here is you had better repent because anytime you see things that begin to act like this is acting, you need to fear God and rep- repent. But amen. And that's the problem. So at any rate, it was one of those kind of articles that it wasn't surprising because I knew these kind of people were there. And we've also had firsthand reports from people that uh, were involved in deep uh, satanic rites. And uh, they even reported what happened there, even to the point that while they were there, that actually Satan appeared himself and some of his angels. This is a true report. I mean, the person that was there later became saved. I mean, he repented. Boy, that's scary, huh? I wouldn't want to be in one of those meetings. Well, I wouldn't well, want you to know, be anyway, but you know, we had, I know, we had another guy. I'm not going to tell you his name, but he. we interviewed him quite a bit. We got to know him, and uh, we helped him out from afar uh, with some stuff. And uh, he was saying, because he was, what he did for the military, uh, he was not saved. Uh, He later gave his heart to the Lord, and it was after that that Satan appeared to him and promised him riches. And he said the money would flow from one hand to the other. He says, all this money. He just stood there, and he says, this will be yours. And he could see money, lots of it. Uh, I guess that's what the devil thinks, that money will buy your soul. Yeah. 
Don't don't sell your soul to the devil. You know, I I also wanted to talk about Nagia. This comes from Mission India. This is another thing, uh, you know, that India is really just one of those countries because people are so poor. And when you look at the kids that are there, there's so many of them. And most of them are just orphans on the street. Um, She's 10 years old at the time of this story. Her father, of course, was an alcoholic. And uh, he, in his alcoholic state, caused trouble. Uh, not just in the family, but in the whole neighborhood. He wasn't a nice guy. And so because of that, they didn't get enough money because he was busy getting drunk and causing trouble. So Nagia's mother decided to go to work, and she got a few small jobs. And, of course, they barely make it by when they do this. And because she wasn't with her mother, Nagia started to become real problem. Uh, she was emotional, um, and uh, she reached the fourth grade, and she could barely read or write. Now, this doesn't surprise me at all. So she started uh-uh. going to a children's Bible club um, with Mission India, and that's what Mission India does. And so she met the leader there, Roma, and Roma was able to lead Nagia to the Lord. Uh, eventually, and uh, she started to improve, and uh, the Word of God grew in her. And when she finally fully understood what Jesus had done for her and how he wants to help redeem her, uh, she prayed and asked the Lord to come into her heart. And, uh, you know, the thing of it is, is and I've heard this time and time again, you know, when you have a family like this, that is in distress, God many times will move on the hearts of the children to lead the adults to the Lord. Amen. So when we talk about God's ability to work in lawless areas, to work in a world full of lawlessness, make no mistake, he does his work and he can do this. We have reported miracles and signs and wonders going on. Meanwhile, the world is lawlessness. Meanwhile, in America, we are pathetic the way we act. And you look at the EU, they're being overrun. They can't handle a lot of stuff. You know, the, and so the, the root and branch are at stake here, and the sins are evident. The fruits are corrupted, and the wine is bitter, and the harvest could come any moment. And so you had better repent. You'd better pay attention and look to the Lord. And if you're a Christian, I'm urging you as a Christian, I'm giving you a warning. The church needs to be praying for wherever they're living during this coronavirus. If it hits your state or your town or people, you need to pray for them. You need to stand up. You need to not be afraid of it. You need to stand up in healing. You need to bind it and come against it. And you may need, I recommend, you know, if you're going to do some heavy lifting spiritually, you need to fast three to seven days. But make no mistake, it's imperative. 
imperative for the church in Wuhan and in China and all their areas to stand up and pray and be the light in the midst of the darkness at this time. This is the most important thing. And this Amen. Is Amen. This is what the Lord expects us to do, and I can tell you that without worrying that I'm stating a falsity, I know. And so pay attention here and pray. Now, one of the things while we talk about the coronavirus is the root and foot Christian church. That is in Wuhan. Um, This was the senior pastor who decided to stay and care for a sheep and rescue the lives of unbelievers and calm the fearful souls. He had an online, uh, it's actually hosted by the Chinese Congress on World uh, Evangelization, and he talks about Chinese churches standing firm amid the outbreak. And the guy, the pastor that held this, shared how his church has witnessed God's grace in spite of the challenging situation in Wuhan. And he said the Wuhan pneumonia is rarely seen in human history, yet everything presents an opportunity to glory God. Now, they have stopped their service and changed it to online worship. They have 550 members. This is in China, in Wuhan. Now, that's not much compared to how many billions, but if every little church did this there, it has 54 small groups. More than 30 groups gather online daily for two hours, praying, studying Bible, worshiping, and sharing with one another. Now, see, I... I am absolutely convinced that this is what they need to be doing. And before coronavirus hit to this level or even came, uh, I was telling Tower what we needed to be doing because the Lord had revealed it to me. We have seen God's grace after the outbreak of the coronavirus. And whenever God moves like this, you know, when you are fearful, that's not faith. But when you are faithful, God is more faithful. Yes, and so we, you know, we see this, that in the midst of this, even when they're going out, that even the cops, the authorities are thanking them from praying for them, for being there. And this is changing that atmosphere that, that China had. So we pray for China that God would continue to move there. The Chinese Congress and all the communists there would see the light and would stop persecuting the church. And they would also stop, um, you know, imprisoning the Uyghur Muslims there. But we did hear another story about China using the hearts from prisoners. Now that was a story. Now, whether it's true, I don't know, but we do know what God is doing. He's winning the hearts of those in China. See, all man can do is use the human heart and put it in another person. 
but God can give you a new heart in your life and you will be a new person. That's the difference between the God we serve and the communists and the other government officials. God can. Man can't. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, we do have a a nice report here from a ministry that Tower and I have come to appreciate and uh, have worked to help over the years, and uh, it is dangerous. Go ahead. Bibles for the the Mideast, is that the one? Yeah. That's where where Pastor Paul is from. Did Did we mention that he had been beaten? Uh, we have a, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, yeah. This is yeah. a follow-up to all the letters they sent us. I think they sent us uh, the first initial letter telling us what had happened. They hadn't heard from him. Then they sent us another letter telling us that he was. Uh, they were still praying for him, that he was okay. And then I think we got another one saying he was released. But this, this particular thing is an update, and uh, it'll lead you through it. Right, right. So um, Pastor Paul and his two leaders had been ministering in North India, and they had been brutally beaten by Hindu extremists and dragged away, injured and bloodied. They thought they would never experience open, fresh air again. And for five days, they'd been shackled with steel chains and locked away in a dark, filthy cattle stall, along with the stench of cattle dung, the men were constantly harassed by mosquitoes, bees, and other vermin, and their captors refused to give them anything to eat or drink. They had been visiting and ministering in a poor village in North India with about 3,000 families, and these are the Hindu delete or the untouchables. They have no education. They work for the rich and high-class Hindus of a nearby town, and they do what they're told to do and paid a fifth or less of the normal daily wage (coughs) Excuse me, for day laborers and have barely enough to survive. And they also have no one to complain to, to come to their aid to help them in this situation because they're untouchable. So Pastor Paul and two junior pastors, and one of them was a former Hindu and the other a former Muslim, they came to lead a time of prayer and fasting in the region as well as um, help in house-to-house evangelism. (coughs) And that went well. And many came to the Christ to Christ, and um, and one day a fellow from another village came to the area to visit his friend who happened to be at the prayer meeting. So he went off to find the fellow. He ended up listening to the gospel message and making a decision for Christ. And not only that, when prayed over for serious asthma that had plagued him since childhood, he was completely healed. And he began telling the leaders about his own village and poor, unreached people there. So the pastors decided to join him on a return trip 
and began sharing the truth of Jesus with the locals. We got a good response from the villagers at first, Pastor Paul explains, that they were curious and listened. But then the high class and rich people came to know that the villagers are becoming friendly with us and began and being attracted to the gospel. So they called a secret meeting, and the villagers were warned by the rich people that these Christians were against their gods. And, of course, you know they have about 33 million of them. And their faith and anyone who befriended them would surely be cursed by the gods. And their families and even generations to come would face total destruction. That's what the rich people told them. So a decision was made to capture the pastors, tie them to the tree, and call the police. In national Hindu India, proselytizing is a serious crime with often dire consequences. The pastors knew nothing of the meeting, so when angry villagers along with many of the upper-class rich town folks swooped in, the men were engaging some children and women in front of a village house telling them from stories from the Bible. The attackers pummeled the men mercilessly, tied them to a tree, and called the police. The police told them to finish them off secretly. Energized by this response, they untied the pastors, beat them again with steel pipes, and dragged them down the road until they came to the empty cattle shed. And they bound the men and left them there. Pastor Paul tried to tell them to let the other two go, that he was alone, was the one responsible, but they would have none of it. And so um, strength and expectation faint. The pastors prayed and hoped for the best, whatever that might mean. And soon word was out of their plight, and believers across the country and world have been praying and fasting for them. So on the fifth morning, two couples and three grown children, all members of the same family, flung the door of the cell open and prostrated themselves prostrated themselves before the prisoners. Save us, save us. And behind them streamed other villagers, all begging for forgiveness, and they freed the men from the chains. So apparently what had happened, this first family that came into them told them of the family cows for no apparent reason had fallen down and died. And those cows had been their goddesses. And it must, um, and they thought that it was due to God's anger for what they'd done to the Christian missionaries. And not only that, but the very men leading the villagers in the attack had a tragic road accident that night and, and died. So fear fell on the whole villages. And they re- released the men, rushed them to the hospital. They were seriously inter- injured. And they needed weeks of treatment and recovery. And the various villagers often came to visit and, of course, heard the gospel of salvation from the Christian patients. And Pastor Paul, more gravely injured and with some health issues due to the years of pushing himself, required longer hospitalization and is actually still resting and recovering at the home of a pastor in North India, not yet strong enough to risk the long trek back to his home in southern India. So we need to keep praying for him, and always something good comes out of this, you know? 
It does. And uh, unfortunately, if, they have to go through that. I know. But the thing of it is here is over two decades ago, when we were working with some native pastors in India, the Australian missionary Graham Staines' children were burned alive while they slept in their car. This happened when we yeah. were working yeah. uh, with those in India. And I noticed one of the notes they put on here is the village where they were at, that's where the Australian, not too far away, where he and his children were burned alive. And they did mm-hmm. get a bunch of the uh, the Hindus at the time, the militant Hindus that did it. They did catch them and did sentence them. I don't know what their state was, but that really was uh, quite a thing. And it was... yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it was just absolutely unconscionable that they would do that. And I'll never forget that uh, missionary Graham Staines. Uh, he lost his life because he was there as a believer for the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever gives his life for my sake in the gospel shall find it. That's the word. Yes, amen. Amen. So. Folks, when we deal with this, you never know what roots come up, you know. And so in the very story that uh, we're talking about, Pastor Paul, who we've covered, and his people, and it's a big, uh, they have a lot of churches there that they work with. And they just don't work with Hindus. They work with Muslims and others. So at any rate, uh, do pray for them. Pray for the gospel. Uh, they're working in some of the most dangerous areas there is. A lot of these people are. And another story, this uh, comes out of Africa. Uh, <clears throat> and this one uh, deals with children with di- uh, di- disabilities and mental health conditions. You know, during uh, Russia, when it was the USSR, one of the things, especially under Stalin, that he loved to do was the fact that uh, if Christians were bothersome, he would put them in a sane asylums. That was one of the biggest things yeah. they did in Russia. And yeah, so. I People, people do not know what to do when you get into mental illnesses. So in East Africa, because a lot of that is tribalism, paganism, uh, and they have witch doctors, uh, these kids can be used in a lot of ways. But these kids are often locked away or chained up. They end up being starving, abused, and most of society just locks them in a corner and forgets them. But there's a man by the name of Dean Vattermy with Set Free Ministries, and he works with these kids to help them. And he said they actually put them in the jungle and they let the wild dogs come and eat them at times. Oh, my God. That's horrible. So it's even worse than you might think. Sometimes they're not just chained to a pole. He tells about a story of a young boy by the name of Robert. He was When he was about three or four years old, Robert had suffered severe abuse and left both of his 
legs broken and twisted. He said his feet were actually pointing backward. He was thrown along the roadside and left for dead. A local family saw him and they picked him up. We invited him to come to one of our schools, even though he's severely handicapped. And not only that, but we have had some donors wanting to help repair his legs. So we went through four four very extensive surgeries. Today, Robert can Mm -hmm. run, he can walk, and he's the top student in his class. He's valedictorian. And he's a bright young man. That's amazing. All 2,000 students in Set Free's schools will go through vocational training of some kind. So they learn accounting, farming, motorcycle repair, sewing, cosmetology. And by the time they graduate, they're ready to attend a university or join the workforce. Now, see, this is what changes a, a country. This yes, kind of stuff. that's amazing. And so remember that, Vandermeer and Set Free Ministries. And uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. What... And, and, you know, every human being, every, every human being, no matter what their condition is, are very important to the kingdom of God. That's God right. God loves them. and. And he can make a way for them. That, well, that, thank God for that guy. You know, that this, this, That's amazing. This, this guy just doesn't have a good testimony. It's fantastic. But think about this. His feet were on backward. He had no hope. He was left to die. And he can yeah. stand. He'll be educated. He can read and write. And he can walk around and he can tell people, this is who I am. You and know, it this doesn't is, sound like he had any mental, from the story, any reason to no. be left to, to be abused like he was. So at any rate, folks, these are the kind of stories that we love to do when we see this. And it just isn't so encouraging how God works. And there again, yes, you know, when you live overseas, you can die for your faith real easy. I had this conversation with a native pastor in India over two decades ago. And he was telling me, he says, in India, we pray for persecution to come to America so the church will draw close to God. And they felt that in America, Christianity was a mile wide and an inch deep. In other words, there's no root. Yeah. Yeah. And he could very well be right. But I, I told him, I said, you know, you guys are persecuted. You can face death and beatings. That's true. And that's dangerous. But in America, prosperity and our lifestyle kill a lot of people. They, they die from the inside. Yes, that's true. You know, it's harder in America with all of this to really feel any kind of threat because it's, well, it's like Luke twenty-one thirty-four admonishes us not to get so caught up in life that we don't see the day of his, of his coming, that we're not prepared for it. 
And many Christians today are just that way. And so when you understand that these people are, are seeing results, the church is growing. It's just like another uh, uh, pastor of a church in, uh, I call them pastors, in India. I mean, uh, Egypt said. They said there's two churches that everybody reports on. There's the church that is hyped in the media around the world that says all the Christians are dying. And then there's the real truth. We know the truth, he says. People are coming to know the Lord. Yes, we get beaten, we get killed, we get martyred, but people are coming to the Lord and we're seeing results. And he says, if you're going to report on the one, you need to tell him what we're doing, what's happening, that people are not just dying, but there's miracles, there's signs, there's wonders, people are being saved. So this is the balance and that times it looks like it's out of balance but you know the good thing of it is we can come across stories like we've covered today and we know in all of this God is glorified it may look like the devil's winning but he's not yes amen And we actually have another story coming out of Pakistan about a Muslim landowner. It was on Morningstar News. He had chained and tortured a young Christian man after accusing him of polluting his tube well water by rinsing in it. And he had unloaded chaff in the fields. Of course, he he worked for this guy. And uh, he was rinsing himself off in the tube well when the property order and other men yanked him out and began beating him. They cursed and abused him for polluting the water and calling him a filthy Christian. Then they dragged him to the cattle farm where they chained his hands and feet. Now, this is exactly what they did with uh, uh, Pastor Paul and them. But see, the thing yeah. of it is, there was another one accused of that same thing, and it was the Sia Bibi in Pakistan. When she drank out of the well, she was working in the field. And she drank a little bit of water out of a well. And so they came over and accusing her of polluting the water. And so she told them, she says, my Jesus died for my sins on the cross. What did your God do for you? And they got mad and angry. And by the time it was done, she faced nine years in jail. Uh, actually, she was faced with uh, the death penalty. And God delivered her finally. And she, she, she it was overturned, and you might have heard of her, Sia Bibi. She's now free, living in a free country with her family, far away, but one day she wants to go back to Pakistan. See, the, this is what really goes on. And so eventually the kid's uh, family, uh, his dad, came, and uh, they pleaded with the land order to free him, and he probably ended up giving him some money to free him, and so they did. Yeah. But the police, the police chief there said that there may be some black sheep in the de- police department, but he says, we believe that all Pakistanis are equal in the eyes of the law, no matter of their faith or caste. And see, they had called police officials that didn't do anything. 
but he said that, yeah, we will do something. So let's hope that they do. But that's yeah, out of Pakistan. Sure you can see a little bit of that. About three minutes left. And we, oh, don't forget to go by warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. And you can find the shows, you can find the articles, you can find where we, uh, the other places that you can listen to, excuse me, listen to the show from. So at any rate, today's show, we talked about the, uh, the Assyrian town that was rising about India quite a bit we talked about children quite a bit two stories on children one from or from a child to a young man one in Pakistan one in India and so it's interesting that these shows on India come up post Trump uh, not Buhari but Modi. Oh, I can't think. Yeah, there you go. So at any rate, remember to pray for these areas and pray for the persecuted church and find a ministry that, that makes a difference and help that has boots on the ground overseas and support them with prayer and financial. Yeah, that, that's important that praying is very important. Well, um, join us tomorrow night for Battle Lines. Tomorrow we die too. Isaiah's prophetic book, part 40. And that will be tomorrow night, Thursday. And be sure to go to warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com to read the latest articles and also listen to the shows. We want to thank you for joining us tonight or whenever you do. We appreciate you. We love you. We pray for you. We thank God for you. May God richly bless you in all you do for him. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.